Hello and welcome to a pop-up podcast by Antique Dust. I'm Jonathan. I'm Rob. And together we are Antique, Antique Dust. Dust. And today we have got the uh, original, the reboot. Yes, and we've, not one, we've not done one of these for a while. I know, I know. We've been uh, very remiss. We I do apologise. So we 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 came, we stumbled across this one um, when we were doing the Deutschland '83 one, which is like spy espionage and everything. And then we stumbled upon this one. Yes. So, um, so just to put some context around that, an episode that we just uh, recorded for Deutschland '83. It features someone who is supposed to be Carlos the Jackal. Mm-hmm. And that sort of led to a chain of thought. Uh-huh, which is... <laughs> a, slightly de- <laughs> a slightly derailed chain of thought that led us to... The Day of the Jackal. The Day of the Jackal. Now, I had never seen the original. Now, the original um, Day of the Jackal is based on the, the book by Frederick Forsyth. Um, about the attempted assassination of Charles de Gaulle. A fictionalised. Yeah, a fictionalised one. Um, it was actually shot in 1971. Um, oh, no, it was actually shot in 1973, the year yes, of my birth. The, the, the book the book was the published book, in 1971. In and uh, it's a very good spy film. It is. Well, it's not a spy film, it's a... I don't know what you would call it. Would you a caper? I don't know. I don't. It's I don't not know a caper. A I don't caper know what I'm they're thinking right. about. Sort of that whiskey galore or sort of a carry on yeah. sergeant sort of thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, basically, the story follows um, the assassin or the or the, the the hiring of the assassin yeah. and how the assassin gets sort of how he works. Yeah. So we have a bit of a dual narrative going on. We've got. We're following simultaneously uh, the, the the jackal played marvelously by Edward Ford, who is quite stunning. It was, it was really it's got a certain je ne sais quoi. It's got yes. a bit of a a James Bondy type of aesthetic. Yes, I think he's got a bit of a snaggly been, tooth. Though. He could have been a. I suppose he could have been a James Bond, but he was rather blonde. Well, so I what? suppose we've got so Daniel, Daniel Craig. Craig. Daniel, Daniel Craig's blonde, and and there's you know. Just L'Oreal or whatever, <laughs> just for men. So, uh, um, but we're saying so we're following a dual narrative. So we're following the the jackal and his hiring and the steps that he takes, etc., etc. And we're sort of simultaneously following the in inverted commas the authorities, the intelligence. Uh, no, I don't think I don't think anyone can describe them as intelligence. Yeah, intelligence, yeah, the, the the intelligence, intelligence agencies. agencies. So we're following them. And the the investigation in in France and in in the, the the UK and and so on. So we're we're yeah. So we're we're following both sides of the of the story of the narrative. I I was I was I was really rooting for the assassin because I I really liked he was it was very much a gentleman. It's very gentlemanly. I mean and and he was just. I thought, oh gosh, yeah. yes. I'd invite, I'd go to a dinner party with him. Yeah, and I think that's that, <laughs> that's, uh, that's one of the contrasts. I think we'll we will end up making is that in the day of the jackal, there is a sense of, I know, and it's always quite hard to to describe someone who is essentially is a cold blooded killer in, in the in these terms. But there is, uh, you know, there is a, an economy, I suppose, in mm. what he does because. Yeah, he does. Kill. I think I think the the body count is about as around about ten people in this in in this in the film. Mm. Um, but 
you never get the sense that he takes any pleasure, pleasure. from it. He's very and very gentlemanly and on almost honourable, and he seems to only kill when circumstances leave him no other option. Option. Which, yeah, I mean, the the story starts. Um, it's in in Paris, and or you imagine it, you think it's yes. Paris. It's very French, uh, well, and yeah. there's a whole load of black well, veterans. It, it is, it is, it is Paris. Right. Um, and this, it starts. The, the st- film starts with an attempted assassination of a politician, Charles de Gaulle. Charles de Gaulle, president of France, and th- that was this is a real event. This actually did happen, although the the film version of it is isn't. Isn't entirely how it, how it happened, but it's broadly how it happened, and it did really happen. So, I mean, the mastermind group behind it have been sort of half of them have been found or have been snitched, and the mastermind group that was trying to do the downfall of Charles de Gaulle have uh, disappeared to I think Austria was it Austria? Yes, they they, they decamped to Austria, Austria, where they're sort of like they're, they're licking their wounds, and they're they're trying to find out how to get their master plan sorted. And then they decide to employ an assassin um, who will not be co- will not be known in the area, yes. but would be very effective. And they come across our assassin, played by Edward Fox, the Jackal. And they give him the name the Jackal first. We say that. Well, he chooses the name. They ask him what should, what we call you, and he replies, "The Jackal." Hmm. And. Uh, they keep it. I mean, he negotiates a really big high fee because I think said, it was nine hundred and fifty thousand francs. Yes, so which is a lot of money. Still, I don't. I, I don't actually really have any idea of how much money that was, but I'm sure it was an awful lot of money. Probably equivalent of that. Uh, it's probably equivalent of a million pounds. Or something I don't like know what that. the what the nineteen seventy three franc to. Um, I think ten ten francs was eighty p. Or, or, or one pound twenty or something like that. I don't know, um, but it's about a million pounds. So it's, it was a substantial. Not so a million pounds. Was, was it a lot, lot of money? money? Yeah, you can barely buy half a yacht yeah. now. So, um, the, so the the OAS, who are the 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 organisation who is commissioning the crime, which um, was all about. It was all it's all quite convoluted about the what. France abandoning Algeria. It was a little bit of political nonsense, yeah. but I, I, sorry, I waved over that. I was, I was yeah. too, I was too busy looking at the outfits. I mean, the, yeah. sorry. So, the, so the, just, just to mention my point: the, the OAS then have to carry out a series of bank robberies in order hey. to fund the assassination. So we have a bank robbery mo- montage. Yes. <laughs> well, and as any regular listeners will know, we love a montage. We love a montage, but ideally a shopping montage in a zombie film. I mean, that, that's always that's always the best one. Um, so they have, we have a, a bank robbery montage. I'm surprised they didn't include sort of the Italian job trying to, to steal Italian bullion or something. Um, so anyway, they, they we have a we work out how they've got the money together. They commission to do it. They pay half of the money there, and then we see the, the jackal um, sort of working his way through. So he's getting his IDs. He's getting his gun. He wants to get a specialized yeah. gun that's being made. So he goes to Genoa. And commissions this specialised, custom-made rifle from a, a gunsmith. He goes to see a forger, played by Ronald Pickup, who uh, supplies him with his fake identity papers. Though he does, uh, in fact, then kill the forger. Because the forger doesn't him. want to give 
um, the negatives and wants to get more money from yeah, it. So this forger is basically blackmailing so or t- attempts to blackmail. Though to be honest, it does seem like a really bad idea to try and a blackmail, an, blackmail assassin. an assassin. That that was never that's not that was never going to work. That's not a good it? thing. So he get he gets strangled and then well he gets his neck broken, doesn't he? he gets a massive karate chop yeah. and Hi-ya. Um, very much he gets popped into a box into a chest yes. and then locked locked up and then he, he goes on his little merry way yeah. um, uh, it, so you've got a general res- he, he was quite respectful for the work the forger did and the rifle maker did. so when he when they dispatched the forger I thought oh god is he going to do the same thing with the rifle maker because the rifle maker he was a really he felt really nice he was like a grandfatherly like yes figure. So the, the the gunsmith was definitely an older chap clearly he knew he knew his he knew his market. job and it, clearly he knew, and i think it, he obviously knew um the the the, the jackal of our reputation of no, nothing else so and he was very professional yeah and uh, and he was very respectful he wasn't asking any questions uh, apart from making of it he had everything sorted and he gave it to him and he wished him well on his way, which I thought was really, really lovely. Um, so part of the, the the group that's hired the Jackal, one of them snitched out. So the intelligence agency now knows the code name of the Jackal. Yeah, the Jack- well, well, remember what happens is that the the member of the, the member of the team, this is this is after the team has moved again. They're now in Rome and there's li- they're holed up in a, a pension mm-hmm. in, in 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 Rome with their bodyguards, so they're they're sort of quite untouchable. But one member of the team leaves every day to go to the post office, and presumably do the shopping. I don't I don't know. And he and, gets kidnapped. And he gets kidnapped by the by the French Action Service, which sounds quite <laughs> sounds quite thrilling. And basically, essentially, he's tortured to death by the French and under interrogation before he before he dies he he reveals the 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 code name uh the jackal yeah so it's and it was yeah and and i thought it was quite an interesting contrast because the jackal when he kills someone it's quite clean where and he's he's, he's a professional killer whereas the authorities that are in a senior position they created such a messy mess. Yes, it was very brutal. It was it was incredibly brutal. brutal, and it, so I think that contrast. And I think it was really well done with regards to the filmmaker doing that. And there's a series of so he gets the jackal gets told that the cover that people know the jackal and they know a little bit of information, um, and being and is told to to back down. Um, and the group are saying, right, look, this has happened. So they're given the jackal the opportunity to get out because he's been half paid half his fee, so he can just literally. Yes. And he's very clear in the initial negotiation that uh, I'm not I'm not 100 percent sure where you're going with this, but I'm I'm going to go along with you. Yeah. Um, he's very clear in the in the initial conversation with the OAS officers that um, he will get half the fee up front, and if he feels that the operation is endangered he will walk away from it yeah and take and keep and, and keep the money and i thought that gave the the, the character because you can see because he's he's on he's on the, the 
he's on the border, border control. Of, I think I'm not sure if he's in Italy or I'm not sure which country he's in, but he's at a border control and there's a signpost to Paris and there's a signpost going in the opposite direction. Yes, well, this is much later on. Well, when... well but, I mean, but what I'm getting to is that the the jackal, who's quite a sort of a clean and sort of very decisive type of person, sort of that hesitancy at the border shows an element of sort of sort of his humanity and I really quite like that because if he'd have been followed through on his trajectory of I'm a professional hitman which he is a professional hitman but if he'd have followed through on his own rule of engagement he could have driven off into the into the sunset film would have been over and everything yeah. but instead he, he you could see the little bit of turmoil how it was filmed was really nice because yeah. behind the the, the the wheel of this um this little sort of open top sort of alpha alpha sports car and sort of, there's a hesitancy, and then he turns and goes to Paris, or takes the, yeah. the, the road. So that, that was that was that that at that point when he knows he by, I say we just skipped on quite far there. But at that point, he he knows to a certain extent that the the mission has have not been compromised. He knows that the authorities are on his, uh, on his tail, mm. and he's had a f- couple of narrow escapes. At, at that point, so that would have been his, yeah, his his out. And I I, I was really invested in 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 his his storyline. I mean, the other storyline about the intelligence agencies, there was there was a nice little storyline where part of the French intelligence, they had a chap that was on the board of that intelligence that his wife had gone away for summer and then he'd taken up with the mistress which was all convoluted to to, 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 to to have a meet cute and then suddenly from walking the dog and him falling off his horse um, she'd pretty much moved in yeah. for the summer so this is this is Denise yeah. who is uh, an, an OAS agent who as you, as you say um, yeah. creates an opportunity to become involved with uh, one of the, the, the cabinet members who are who are leading the the, the, the investigation, mm. and basically she then becomes the source of the information that, that gets passed. Yeah, and I thought like said, there's lots of vignettes of little stories and little character stories because when she's given the job, she's being told that she's got some romantic letters from another job, and they're told yeah. to just well, to dispose yeah. of those. Yeah, because as part of the as part of the prologue of the film, we we see. Well, as we said, we we see the the the, the genuine assassination attempt, mm-hmm. and we then see that the person who the French officer who masterminded that assassination attempt is uh, captured and is executed by firing squad, mm-hmm. and Denise was his uh, lover, uh-huh. and the, the the photograph and the letters are letters from well it's his photograph and the letters from so they're from ro- him they're, they're romance story yeah. and they have to be destroyed because she I, I presume because she's too valuable an asset um to be compromised by someone finding out that she had that connection with with the oas leader which uh, it was the, I, I think it, she, she showed that so all the there's quite a few people especially on the bad side of things on the, 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 the sort of the, the the naughty people, their stories seemed a lot more wholesome and 
you had lots of they well, were I don't filled think in wholesome well not but, but they, they were filled in more interesting their stories were very interesting i mean the intelligence agencies i mean you had there's such a massive cast in this you could quite easily get lost but everyone sort of sparkles on the screen i mean yeah. you've got you've got so many of the actors of the time or british actors of the time appearing in this show in quite small in quite small, small roles, some sometimes you're just. And we've got Derek. Is it Derek Jacobi? Well, Derek Jacobi's got got a reasonably substantial role because um, when they're when they're deciding how how they're going to approach this the investigation, that the French authorities end up appointing the uh, deputy police commissioner to lead the uh, lead the investigation, and they give them special emergency powers and 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 so on. And uh, Derek Jacobi plays his assistant, assistant. in in, it's in quite the a assistant as well. Well, it's Derek Jacobi. <laughs> so, but you've got you have got some really sort of sizzling actors that were really good. I mean, we had Donald Sim uh, Sinden um, in, in one. Yeah, Donald Sinden, Timothy West. That, so that, I mean, there was such that I mean, that they were, they were sparkling. But the general, the intelligence agencies look friggin' incompetent. Yes, well, <laughs> one of the one, one of the things that that we'll you know, without wanting to jump too far too far to 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 the end, is that the I I, I disagree with you in terms of incompetence because actually, where they get to and 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 the amount of information that they that they actually uncover is really for for someone that they know absolutely nothing about and had never heard of. That the investigative process is actually really, really effective, and that they uncover a huge amount of information. And on the couple of times when they got close to catching him, they would have caught him if it wasn't for the fact that Denise was busy spilling the beans about the pillow talk that she's mm. getting from the from the the, the 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 government official. But ultimately, all of that comes to nothing because the investigation actually fails. To, to, to capture him and his ev- his eventual capture or um, the, the 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 resolution of the film actually comes about more or less by accident yeah and it's it is it's it uh, I mean the ending is very abrupt yes but we're not not quite at the ending yet <laughs> but say there is there is a series of adventures and misadventures of the jackal as he gets from one destination to the other destination he has a little romance in a hotel which was really quite sweet and endearing with a with uh, so he meets a lady a contessa or some um, someone like with that. a chateau so the chateau and he basically meets the uh, so so meets her, has a little romance, and then leaves very early in his little white sports car. Well, because the the authorities are are on there, are, on his are hot on his heels. And then you have a little bit of nonsense with him spraying the car uh, a different colour, switching plates, and then consequently getting involved in a car accident. So he he get he, he leaves. He, he, he people are aware he's got a white alpha. He then goes into the middle of nowhere. He's got blue paint. He then strips down, sort of down to his his trousers, sprays the car paint, and switches the number plates. Uh, and then he gets involved in a car accident. And then he the person in the car accident uh, is dead. So he steals the local's car and then drives the local's cars to the contessa's house. The contessa's had the authorities uh, at her door, 
um, basically saying if you meet him and blah 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 because she they found her on her records of the hotel so they were just questioning her because they said that he'd spent that or she'd had a visitor in the night so they made two and two come up with five or four and and then so she knows who he she knows he's a little bit naughty but still invites him to in and then has another session in the bedroom area yeah but she reveals afterwards that the police have visited uh, and she can't be allowed to live he can't be allowed to live but it was a little bit of a naughty scene there was quite a little i mean for 1973 there was a lot of there was a little bit of boobage on which is quite risque for its time um but also we're coming on to another little bit of a risque section because after he kills her so she he strangles her and then sort of sort of leaves and disappears with one of their cars to go to Paris. Yeah. So it gets the train, um, the train to Paris. Narrowly, again, one of the narrow escapes yeah. during the, the, the film. Because at the earlier part of the film, he steals a passport from a Danish chap. So he dyes his hair black um, and wears glasses and then abandons the car that he's stolen from the Contessa, gets the train into Paris. Uh, and someone at the train station, because it's a very ooh-la-la French, and they've said, oh, there was a Danish person, and that's why they put two and two together, and they see whose Danish passport's been stolen. So therefore, they know that he's got dark hair now, um, rather than blonde. Gets to Paris, and then we have a saucy scene in a... Well, it's not that... Well, no, but... Nothing, nothing actually saucy well, nothing, nothing actually... But he, yeah, so he, he, he heads off to a Turkish... Turkish... Steam room. Bath. Um, and then presumably realizing that that he, he it would be too risky for him because to to actually book into a hotel because he has to assume presumably that his identity has been compromised so we can't afford to book into a hotel so he goes off to a Turkish bath with the I don't know presumably expectation that he might be able to make a an acquaintance and a, a connection and then he gets picked and up he does. by a rather debonair as a Frenchman yes so we go oh because so, so we got a little bit of boobage we got a little bit of homosexuality so so it was like oh there was no there was no snogging or anything but it was very well, it was very, completely it was completely chaste as far as we as far yeah. as we were, we were aware and there's no there's no hanky-panky and there's no even mention of hanky-panky so anything that you read into that sequence is something that yeah. you're reading however however the following day the friend you see the frenchman who's, who's like skipping because he's got yes. a new playmate uh past a uh tv shop with tvs playing they don't have tv shots with tvs playing in them anymore do they not that i like, used to have like in rumbleos and um what was the other one um radio rentals Granada. Granada. Yeah. We, we, we used to have TVs in playing the into the streets. Yeah. Uh, but essentially, I don't think you really, you don't have. We all go and wet their you don't, sort of out to town supermarkets, yeah, aren't they? Don't, you don't really have TV shops at any. Mind you, actually, we do, but um, but that's quite unusual, isn't it? Oh, gosh. Yeah, we do in, in Antwerp. Well, actually, there's yeah. two, isn't there? Gosh. Yeah. So, but you don't, yeah. they don't. They're not normally playing yeah. television shows. They're normally yeah. showing sort of some graphics to show the screens of like amazingly clear and stuff. Yeah. Um, but so, I always think that that whole thing about TVs showing something in the window was always a, a kind of like a bit of a movie trope. Really, yeah. 
wasn't it? Because you know, if you see if you see that, you know that the TV is going to be showing something important or crucial to the. Or, to, or they're switching the a radio on and they're hearing some radio broadcast on the news rather than the same song that you keep hearing. Yeah. But anyway, so anyway, this, the Frenchman so, so doesn't know what's going on and just sees a picture, an artist impression of the ja- gentleman, the jackal that's been left at home. So he's uh, oh, so he's got like, no he's, context for it. So yeah, he doesn't know what he doesn't know what, what it's about. about. So and, and then he's like, oh gosh. So he goes in. He's got he's got ooh la la. He's got his basket of goodies, so they can make a really nice supper. Yeah, he's got a French loaf. He's got a French loaf, and he's got a string of a string of onions around his neck, and and a a live lobster. So anyway, so he goes in, and so the jackal's there watching some sort of carnival thing on television. But he's looking very reclined in this very ooh la la, very very chic chic thing. So he's obviously spent the night, and the other chap is like, oh. Ooh la la, French things, and say so I'm making supper. And, oh, I saw you on television. And then on the television, there's like yeah. a news broadcast which is saying, sort of like this is a dangerous man. And yeah, I, uh, and that then that that's really because previously the investigation had been top secret because they were investigating someone who they believed was going to assassinate De Gaulle, mm. and that couldn't be mentioned on television. I'll put back about that. But after the murder of the the Contessa, um, it then becomes possible because then now they're investigating or looking for a dangerous killer. killer. So, and then the guy puts two and two together, and then he gets killed off screen in the kitchen. Yes, and you feel a bit sad because there's a little bit of. I mean, the, the, well, there is, the, and maybe reading too much into it, but there is a again that I, I sort of suspect that if if that hadn't have happened, then he wouldn't have been killed and there was this i just i don't know i just maybe I, maybe i just like to think it but there, there did seem to be a, a bit of reluctance to, to, to do that yeah. but it was it was necessary and was done with again absolute economy yeah and i thought that was that was that, that i mean that that was just like very very interesting that for a film in 1970s that you could have someone who's quite fluid with regards to a sexuality and uh, and I just thought it was very, it was, it was very, yeah. it was a very well shot. He'll do what it takes. Yeah, he'll do what he say. And then we see, next tee we see with him where he's got sort of grey hair because he's dyed his hair grey to take in a, like a war veteran, and then he pushes an old lady to the floor to get into this apartment building where he's going to be in this the top floor where he has an ideal yeah. view. So that's all. He'd already scoped all of that, all of that out. So he knew exactly when he was going to be doing it and it was the 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 25th of of august which is a big a, an important day in 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 france that commemorates the liberation of paris after world war 2 so he knows when he's going to do it he, he'd already worked out where he got he 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 mm. he's going to do it peculiarly and i suppose it makes sense but that in that earlier visit he he takes an impression of the the, the the key so he has a key cut presumably mm-hmm. but actually when it comes down to it he doesn't use that because i see he knocks the 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 concierge unconscious and just takes the key that is and, and goes that's hanging and, up. and goes up and then so a, a couple of lucky like oh guesses um uh, from the uh the authorities yes. and then they yeah and this and it's purely it is purely luck yeah that 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 it happens. Um, the, the 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 deputy police commissioner just happens to mention to a policeman, you know, 
has somebody gone through the the the, the, the barrier and said yes and he's and he's gone to this apartment and yeah and that then they convenient. just run upstairs so it was it was quite a a speedy um uh, dispatch i say there's two people the first person goes in knocks the door down shoots at him and then he gets killed by the jackal and then the guy behind it who's one of the senior people in authority shoots him and is dead and then they you see a scene where the, the name they think he is is a, is a british name and then you have a scene where they the guy says the guy who they think it is is flat that they're going through yeah so it's so in london the 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 the, the, the scotland yard as i suppose has uh reached a conclusion that the, the jackal is this guy called charles calthrop because for for various for various reasons but he, he fits the he fits the bill um and and but so they're burying the jackal in a in an unmarked grave and in london the police are searching charles calthrop's flat mm -hmm. and he walks in the door and goes what the hell are you doing are, are you doing here so the jackal wasn't charles calthrop and actually we're left with no idea, idea who he was who this person was no so it it, it ended very quickly but i was still satisfied Yes. I was, I was, it was yeah. a very satisfying film and also for the time for like a film of this age which is nearly 50 years old um, it, it holds your attention it's interesting you've got certain characters where you think oh I'd, I'd kind of like to spend more time with that character but then it moves on to another character that is equally interesting and uh, and, and sort of sort of it, it was I don't know. It's really hard to explain because, say, some people didn't do a great deal, but you felt that they had more of a backstory. Yeah, and it I was almost it's almost like there were sort of a sequence of of vignettes, yeah. I, I suppose, of showing showing the people who were involved in the in the investigation, uh, but who might have only had a small role to play in it. I mean, you know, let's say Donald Sinden. Is, is is in the film, but but he's that's a blink if you blink if you, you if you, if you miss it type role. But he does make he does make an impression. Yeah, uh, on you in his in, in his. And in, I think that's it because all the characters in there make an impression, which is just yeah, which is. And I think it's helped by the way the film is 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 put together. You know, it's, apart from the very beginning, that there's no there's no soundtrack you know there's no there's no music other than the 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 the, the actual background music of bands mm. playing or radio uh, music you know th there's no there's no soundtrack in that way and because of the way it was it was shot um crowd scenes were shot in the real or not necessarily the real location but but pretty close to the real location often with with people who who didn't know that a film was being shot, it does have a real uh, documentary feel. feel about it. Apparently, Charles was say the person that was playing Charles de Gaulle had such a likeness to Charles de Gaulle when they were filming. People who didn't realise Charles de Gaulle was actually dead thought it was Charles de Gaulle. And when well, 
yeah, I mean, Charles de Gaulle, when, by the time they made the film, Charles de Gaulle had been dead for about two or three years. So people did know he was dead, but it was, it was such a likeness, particularly the the, the scene um, when he's meeting the, the, the veterans to give out medals. Mm-hmm. And they were they were real veterans that that supposedly one of them actually fainted when he stepped out of the car on the first take. And they had to do a retake because of the audible gasps. <laughs> Be- because his likeness was <laughs> was so was so good to the to the the original Charles well, to the real Charles de Gaulle. Yeah, so uh, yeah, I just I I thought it was it was really good. And I say another little interesting factoid is that Frederick Forsyth wrote the screenplay. Uh, well, he wrote the book. He wrote the book. He didn't write the screenplay, no. but he but did. He, he was offered. He was offered either seventeen and a half thousand pounds plus royalties uh, for it, or a flat fee of twenty thousand pounds, and he chose twenty thousand pounds because it was a, a. It was a substantial a, amount of money. Yeah, then. it was more money than he'd ever ever had. had. Um, and then the film went on to massive, massive success. Well, we're talking about it now, which is yeah. nearly fifty years time. So actually, he 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 said no to what would have been quite a, a big substantial uh, pension for him. Uh, and I so say Edward Fox was a known actor at the time, wasn't he? He wasn't an unknown. Uh, he was a relatively unknown. Oh, Rel- relatively unknown actor. Uh, he wasn't. Com- I don't think he was completely unknown, but. He wasn't a big name in 1973 that he would then go on to become, particularly in the UK, through this film, but also uh, Edward and Mrs. Simpson, I think, was probably one of the roles that really put him on the map. Put him on the map. He's still alive today as well, I was surprised when I Googled it. So, um, so but yeah, I, I absolutely think it's a really cracking film. It's completely unlike anything that's done nowadays. And I can't really compare this film to anything that was around at that time because it really changed because we would say I mean, this espionage and spy things would sort of like james bond and all that sort of big action sequences and although there were a couple of action sequences in this they were sort of quite muted um rather yeah, in terms of action you know they're very you know they're very short term and you know there are but basically deaths yeah. But they're they're not lingered upon. Some happen off screen, or you just don't. And they're not you just salacious in any way, which no. I think is, is is really good. Well, the film did lead a, lead to a, a change in UK government uh, regulations on passports. On passports, because <laughs> one of the one of the key things at the at the beginning of the film is that the jackal uh, f- finds a, a, a grave of a of a dead child that would have been born around the right time and then gets a passport in the name of that 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 child which frederick forsyth had been aware of uh, was was happening during the in the 1960s and he'd actually written on a, a, allegedly to the to the to the government pointing that out to them but nothing nothing changed until certainly until the book came out and then the film came out and that that then prompted the, the records office to to change their practices to yeah. to um, to stop that from happening. So the reboot, the reboot is called succinctly the Jackal. Do you know why it's called the Jackal? Because they weren't allowed to have there the Jackal. Exactly. That both the director and Frederick Forsyth were very unhappy 
very unhappy with <laughs> with the remake and fought tooth and nail to stop them calling it Day of the Jackal. Um, and good on them, I say. I liked it. Yeah, I, 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 you know, I, I'm, I, I, I love not, a popcorn film. Yeah, I'm not saying I disliked it, but since we are we are setting out our stall here for doing a comparison yes. between the original and the and the reboot that's the approach that's the, that's the yeah. angle that I'm 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 coming from here. yeah on its own it's i wouldn't say it's, it's certainly not the best film i've ever no. i've ever seen it's it's not it's not as bad as some critics no it was slated was, at like 23% on rotten tomatoes yeah and one i think one one uh, one critic well, a couple of critics put it into their worst films of 1993. Oh, I, oh I think that's tosh. I mean, it, it, it's, it was a blockbuster. I'm not saying it was the worst film. No, it's, I'm it, sure there were worse films than this in 1993. Oh, gosh, but. there must be. Um, but it's, so you've got, you've got Bruce Willis, which you think, ooh, because Bruce Willis playing a baddie, mm, that's, a, that's a bit sort of strange. I don't know if this was before he did um, Pulp Fiction. Or not? Did he do Pulp Fiction? Yes, he's a yeah, Pulp he did Pulp Fiction. Fiction. I don't know if it's before or after, um, but he plays a baddie and well, he plays the jackal. Yeah, he plays the jackal. So uh, essentially, the setup, although some, although there are differences, there are certain differences. It's been updated. Um, the 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 broad outline of the of the story is more or less the same. Yeah. Rather than. Uh, assassinating uh the french president because of all that stuff around in algeria he's been commissioned to to assassinate someone um because of the death of a russian mobster's brother that was facilitated by the americans so the assassination has been organized by the russians and it's just like oh god it's russian mafia it's russian mafia it's i say that's a bit of a nonsensey thing um but i say because you've got a little bit of scenes shot shot in russia um or sort of set in russia and you've got like, well, Russians are bad, boo-hoo, la 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 Well, so Russian, Russian, but monster, Russian mobsters, mobsters are, well, they're not are, particularly are, the best, are, are, are bad. Um, so, <laughs> um, but, so basically, you have a bit of nonsense with the Russian mafia. Um, he's been commissioned and then they've, they've bought, they've, they've got, they introduced more characters, which uh, they've got Richard Gere um, in there, who is an ex sort of IRA fighter sort of been on the terrorist watchdog and is in prison in America and they so they've, they've done some 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 t- some links in that maybe this chap has had any has interactions with the jackal um, and it starts off I say with regards to the Moscow bit that was a bit nonsensey thing so you've got the the Russian mafia just being nasty and mobby and that sort of thing which is like a paint by numbers yeah. terrorist. Yeah, essentially the whole Russian mobster thing is, is, is as Alfred Hitchcock would call a bit of a MacGuffin. It's it sets up the yeah. plot, but actually doesn't really contribute anything to anything, it. I mean, there was no, there was, it. There was once not, once it gets going, that that bit becomes entirely like forgettable. Yeah, and so that was just a bit crap. 
Um, so we've got Sidney Poitier, who is sort of the, the lead of the investigations, the intelligence investigations. You've got a Russian Russian lady who was there with the incident that's created the yes. knock-on so she's reaction. A, she's a police, a major in the in the Russian police. Do you, yeah. just, do you just clonk the microphone? Yeah, sorry. Um, and so you, you've got a bit of nonsense there. But the the early stages of the early scenes with Bruce Willis in are really good. The early, the, 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 it, from about halfway through, then it starts going a little bit off kilter. It's a paint by numbers. You've got lots of action. You've got quite a few action sequences, quite yeah. a lot of bullets. You've got a little bit of nonsense. You've got Richard Gere with a Irish accent, which is all over the place. Yes. Uh, yeah, I think Richard Gere actually got a, a, a special award. Um, for worst accent, or he was nominated for worst accent of the year. He didn't. He didn't win. The, he didn't. He didn't win the award. I think he came second in worst accent of the year. It is a terrible accent. Bruce Willis doesn't say much, which is uh, and he he I mean, he's quite brooding. It's very well done, and he he he, he does have that whole transformational sort of yeah. Which which I felt was again. I'm just making. We're here to make the comparison, yeah. so I'm going to make the comparison. Um, it it sort of turns it. This you know, you criticise me for describing Dave the Jackal as a caper. This is much more of a caper. This is a caper. This Bruce, is Bruce Willis changes his identity in this in this so film often. more often than he changes his underpants. He's got beard. He's got shaggy hair. He's got bleach blonde hair. He's got a big moustache. He's got a small moustache. He, he's got a, f- a, f- a fake fat belly, and it just go it just goes on and on and on. It just it just began to feel a bit silly. It did feel a bit silly, but I mean, the, around about the same time, there was the film The Saint, which had Val Kilmer in. It. I absolutely adore The Saint. It's one of my all time fave sort of popcorn films because he goes through lots of transformations, and I just absolutely adore it. And it felt like they were trying to recreate that as well. Um, with this and it works to a certain extent so you have you have quite a few cameo experience so you've got jack black in, a, in one of his early film roles and he's just brilliant and yeah. he, he's so jack black is essentially playing the equivalent of the gunsmith the gunsmith in the first one uh, 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 the, the gunsmith but say so the the person that does all the counterfeiting bits and pieces is played by a black lady on a barge in in london um, so that's play, she's played by sophie orkinido Who's is is well known British actress? Yes, and she played Queen Elizabeth in uh, Doctor Who. Ah, and so, so you thought, oh, please don't off her, and she doesn't because she's very respectful. So she takes on the respect in this film, the respectful sort of she's doing a job. Yeah. So we, we did wonder would 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 this forger be be dispatched in like, a way that the. That, that, that the, 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 the previous forger was and she wasn't she wasn't thankfully but the person that was getting off is the gunsmith played by jack black who tries to do the what the counterfeiter did in the first film and jack black gets sort of off in a really quite brutal way really brutal a really brutal way really brutal. with a gun but apparently the scene that jack black played when the, when the gun is being shown which is just like big mounted machine gunny type thing um which has got precision it's it's all the it's techno, all nonsense. Technology it's all tech, tech, but, techno babble and nonsense. But Jack Black was said just 
free free just free range just yeah. just go just go and do it and you can see jack black is doing because i think jack black was a stand-up comic wasn't it so he was he was doing his whole physicality yeah. which he's so known for yeah. essentially the the direction that he was given was just be as annoying as possible and wind up bruce willis as much as you can yeah so and she does and it gets off um so it's yeah, and that, that that was quite brutal. Uh, and I saw this at the cinema, and I thought, um, and yeah, it's, there's a few moments. Um, there's the the gay scene that is covered. Bruce Willis actually goes in for the full on pash when he meets up with the yeah. gay guy. And, and Bruce Willis actually has, you know, he has a a same sex kiss that um, he insisted was would 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 remain in in the film. He yeah. was very keen that that kiss. Uh, continued he he brutally kills some someone originally in the in in the gay club oh. um yes you've not you've not read the research have no. you've not read the notes yes originally in the original version of of the film he kills someone in the gay club essentially for being gay and when that film was shown to test audiences uh, test audiences applauded oh. at that and that um, Charles Bono uh, got then got involved in, in that and and it, the whole thing was re-edited to, to remove all of to remove all of that yeah I, I, I would have to give more humanity to the Bruce Willis because he, he was like a paint by numbers he was very one dimensional they, they turned him from the the gentleman, you know, the the gentleman killer, if you like, from to, to just a, a full on psycho who just seemed to take immense pleasure in killing people, yeah. often for no reason, and that that's that's the the bit that I find least satisfying, satisfying about it. Just the way they turned the jackal into some kind of uh, lunatic, lunatic. You know, it was, uh, it, there were there were no shades of grey. <laughs> around no around around the jackal there was no there was no sort of softening of he was he was just a paint by numbers yeah there was villain. there was no there was no there was nothing along those lines and <sighs> but the, the the scene that i find most ridiculous was when he was being pursued by hijackers he's he's got this mysterious insight or person on the inside who who tells them that He's being pursued by hijackers who want to steal his big gun, and so he he leads them a merry dance and then manages to kill one of them instantly using some kind of spray or the spray on the boot lid, some kind of toxic substance. And uh, that that I I, I I did I must admit I did lose um, <sighs> yeah whatever one... whatever respect I had for it at that point. I, that I, was just too ridiculous. I, I think I I. I it could have it, it could have saved it because there was there was there was some really really good moments and really really good scenes, um, but then there was absolute nonsense. It's just like they're like, oh, we're bored now. Let's just oh, let's just blow something up and just put that scene in. And yeah, and there was a bit of nonsense. The Richard Gere character was playing an IRI terrorist, and one of his uh, contacts who he used to work with, um, she was pregnant with her with their baby. Um, and he, she encountered the jackal and she lost the baby um, and so there was like a physical grudge and there was just 
too much being shoved into it. Um, I think if it got re-edited, I would take out some of the some of the characters because um, they weren't necessary, and I would I would streamline it a bit. Now it was quite interesting that Patrick Swayze was also up for this, and Richard Gere was up for the jackal role. But well, Richard won- Gere was cast as the jackal. As, as the jackal. I think Richard Gere would have probably been a really good jackal because that would have been completely about against type, and that would have made it more interesting. But Richard Gere wanted to play the hero. But I think I was stupid. Uh, I mean, he he's a bit bland at the best of times as an actor. Um, I think he would have been. It would have been really good for him to do the 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 bad guy. And Patrick Swayze was also rumored to be a potential cast. And I think if you'd have had Richard Gere and Patrick Swayze in the film, with Patrick Swayze being the inside man, I wonder if Patrick Swayze would have had a better Irish accent. I bet he would have. I I, I really do. Um, but I don't know why they even had to make him Irish. He could have been a, an Irish sympathiser with an American accent. Yeah, I think I didn't get the point of that. That I really didn't see what 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 that brought to the no. to, 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 to the story. And and I find I I will confess that I did find that quite uncomfortable. And that's maybe being you know, coming from the UK, then perhaps we have a different view of the IRA. Mm, than Americans. Americans do because I think historically some Americans have been supporters in the past of of the IRA when they were committing uh, terrorist acts in in the UK um, so I, I found making the hero an IRA yeah. terrorist I found that really a work. little bit uncomfortable that that set my teeth on edge yeah, I mean, yeah, and I, I think they could have rethought that a little bit, but I don't know if they've thought having an Irish accent would make it more characterful. I don't know. But I enjoyed, I enjoyed the film. There was some really, really good moments. I would have probably wouldn't have made Bruce Willis kill the gay, gay guy that he hooks up with, uh, in the second time he meets him. Well, again, the comparison is that that in the day of the jackal, the jackal almost regretfully kills. Yeah, but but. Bruce Willis again with that kind of whole sheer psychopathic it just, thing. It he deteriorates just, really yeah. rapidly. And I mean, I, in my own, my fancy thing, he would have stayed stayed there and just take it and said farewell. I'll see you soon. Um, what will be will be, sort of thing, and leave. So it shows him, he's got an element of humanity as he drives a yeah. mini wagon out of the yeah. the garage. I think that would have been much nicer yeah. than but the, the, being a freaking arsehole yeah. to, to the guy and then shooting him. But Bruce Willis as the jackal, in comparison to Edward Fox, has no humanity whatsoever. No. He's like an, an automaton. He's, mm. you know, a, he's like a mechanical... He's uh, bland. Yeah. Well, it's not well bland. He's well bland, but but he has he has no not even a glimmer of humanity. No, it, there's, there's, yeah, there's none of that, which is just which which makes it a bit sad because it could have been really really quite good. Um, but I think Richard Gere as the as the jackal, Patrick Swayze as the sort of other terrorist prisoner sort of thing. Uh, Sidney Poitier does. Sydney Poitier, Poitier, uh, Poitier. Um, you've got. Yeah. This is actually the last, the last film that Sydney Poitier has made. Really? Yeah. Gosh, he's not dead. No. But he's, he's, ne- he's never 
made a, a film apparently after yeah. after this one. Gosh, because he was also in that other one with Robert Redford and River Phoenix, um, which we watched recently, which is about the hackers, computer hackers. Yeah, that, yeah, that was that was an ensemble. That I was can't remember quite, what that's that was called. okay, but again, it was. It was okay, paid, but paid by numbers. It had it had moments that went yeah. that had not 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 being able to remember the the title of it's probably not doing our listeners. <laughs> much, Google much, Wikipedia much loved. Um, this is Antique Dust from the Future. The film with Sidney Poitier, Robert Redford, Dan Aykroyd, and River Phoenix was Sneakers from nineteen ninety two. So. It yeah. was, but after filming this movie, Bruce Willis and Richard Gere vowed never to work together in a film. Well, they didn't, virtually didn't work together in this one, because yeah. they, they, they were only in one scene together. Yeah. When they met each other, they would say, how's your movie going? <laughs> I don't think they had any falling outs, though. <laughs> so I just think, this is like, yeah. Because Richard Gere, he's not, my, he's not one of my favourite actors. Uh, he's generically sort of Sears, Sears catalogue sort of model good looking but I, I wouldn't say that he's one of the the best actors yeah. uh, but I think at the start of the film he has a moustache and a, and a goatee that he actually wanted to keep throughout the whole film because he, he wanted to change up his his um, his image his image but the, the the producers refused to allow him to, allow to, to do that so he, he couldn't so Oh, he, he, he should have become the jackal because then he would have had a, a whole range of facial facial fuzz. So, but yeah. overall, I so, I so Sean Connery was offered a role in the film. It, Liam, went, ne- was Liam a, Neeson. Well, there was there was Matthew a, McConaughey. They all turned they turned it down. Good, I don't, good, good for them. Yeah, I mean, I I, I liked it. Arnold Schwarzenegger oh. was was in the running to play Declan Mulqueen. Oh, I can imagine Arnold Schwarzenegger with an Irish accent. I mean, that's not going to work. Harrison Ford, Mel Gibson. Oh, Michael. I think essentially every male all the, actor, all, all, all the leading, all the leading all the action, action hero actors. Steven were, Seagal, <laughs> <laughs> Tommy Lee Jones, Sylvester Stallone. Can you? I mean, can honestly? Can you imagine? Oh. Can you imagine? Uh, in fairness, I, it's, I, 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 I think say so if, if they if they did a round robin, so if they ditched um, Sidney Poitier. And put Bruce Willis in Sidney Poitier's position. Um, had uh, Richard Gere as the jackal and Patrick Swayze as the sort of criminal ex-terroristy type person. I think that would have made a much more interesting film. So that your fantasy cast? That's my fantasy casting. Well, but and I and I would also <coughs> re-edited it a little bit. Well, a lot. Well, I certainly could remove some of the extraneous. Yeah, I say, say strip out the bollocks and uh, and do it. But in fairness, I know sometimes I really like the reboots. I really do like the reboot, but the first one that gives my that's five out of five for me. Jackal, yeah. Aber- it, it, yeah. if it was edited the way I wanted, I would give that five out of five. But it's not, so I will give that three out of five because it was an entertaining. There was entertaining scenes which I could laugh at, and it was quite it was. I was mildly amused mm. on a Tuesday evening. But the sad thing is, though, that the Day of the Jackal mm-hmm. is, generally speaking, considered to be unwatchable by a modern audience. There's a, an anecdote that I came across uh, where I think it was a film professor um, showed the film to a, a class of, I don't know if there would be millennials or or Gen Z, I, I don't know what the 
Um, is it Gen Z or is it Gen Y? I lose oh. track now. Anyway, I started off with a room full of 50 people, ended with a room of five left. They all, they all walked out because they, they, they found it to be unwatchable, which is quite sad, really. I mean, was it like people with low attention spans? I mean, young I, people. No, I mean, it's a good film. I, mean, I, was, I was chatting about this at work. Essentially, that that's what it is. It's, it's not watchable by, by a modern audience because it requires... Because n- nothing nothing happens. You know, that's one of the comparisons that you can make with the, the, the reboot. Is the reboot, a lot happens. It might be nonsense, but it happens. But a lot happens in the... I, I would disagree because... Dis- I, the, well, the, what are you disagreeing with? I, I would Are you dis- disagreeing with my anecdote? Because that actually did happen. Well, that's probably very true. It's probably they got low attention seekers anonymous to, to go and sit sit through a film. They probably wouldn't be much able to sit through. This was film students. Oh God! Well, they were, where? America. America. Yes. <laughs> my apologies. So, my apologies, apologies for our to, American to, listeners. To any American so listeners. yeah, are we sorry? That just says it all. I mean, sorry. This film is say the Day of the Jackal is a, is a series of vignettes. So it holds your attention because you've got really interesting characters you see for a snapshot of time, and they're just so fast. Uh, they sparkle off the screen, and it's stylishly shot. It's interesting. There isn't necessarily a car chase. There's a little bit of nonsense with regards to the spray in the car and all that sort of thing. But that's fine. But what happens is quite, it is really interesting. I mean, because even when he steals a number plate, so you've got two, a couple in the woodland which have an frolic. And even that's really super interesting because you're just thinking, oh, yeah, it's, it's what's everyone else's backstory. So it gives all that supposition of what, what else is happening. What else can I read into it? How can I get my imagination to work? So obviously you see people that can't watch Day of the Jackal because they can't hold their attention. They don't really have any imagination. They want everyone to tell them what to do. Sorry, that's on my soapbox. So I think they're all bar humbug and they're all, they're all very silly. Um, so join Jonathan for his next TED talk. <laughs> so, for other millennials around the country. So anyway, so dear listeners, what did you think of uh, Day of the Jackal? Have you seen Jackal? it? Have you seen it? Uh, would you want to watch it? Does it seem watchable? It's very watchable. It's fabulous. Um, would you like to see um, a Bruce Willis wear a moustache full time? Um, that would be really interesting to know. So you can find us on all social media channels at, at Antique Dust. Uh, you can inbox us. If you are listening to us on Apple Podcasts, please give us a like, subscribe, give us five star rating. Actually, you don't call it subscribe anymore on Apple Podcasts. What do they do? You know, follow. Follow. So you will follow. follow me. Yeah, sorry. No, I'm going to no. go into Sister Act now. I look marvellous in a habit. I've got a habit. I need more gin. Got a, got a, <laughs> so, yeah. John, Johnson's got a rather dirty habit. <laughs> but we'll get it dry clean. <laughs> I have a tendency to spill food down me when I'm, I'm troughing on the sofa while watching exciting popcorn films. So, anyway, dear listeners, thank you very much for listening yes, through to the very, you. very end. And you've, you've shown... Uh, dedication above and beyond because this has gone on for a rather long time. <laughs> that's a long time. Yeah, but well, we had a lot to say and that's all right. Yes. Uh, so anyway, have a lovely day and we look forward to the next time. Have a great one. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.